Hey you. Yeah. You. You didn't stumble here by chance, so let's talk. My name is Tyann, but a lot of people call me Taj, and I'm most known for my loud New York personality and my unfiltered opinions. The Melanated Mindset is a safe space for unpopular opinions and heated debates amongst a diverse melting pot of those of us that classify as a melanated millennial. And I don't care if you got a lot of melanin, just a little bit of melanin, or hell, you just melanated by association. Everybody is welcome. Now, I can't speak for y'all, but after seeing what being an adult is really about, nah, I got some things to say. And I know y'all do too. So let's talk about it. Because what's really going on? What is up, y'all? If you're new, welcome. If you're not, welcome back to the Melanated Mindset. For those of you guys that are new, I like to start every episode with my complaint of the week because, let's be honest, it's Monday and I'm sure y'all have something to complain about because I got something to complain about. So with that being said, today's complaint of the week is going to tie into what we're going to be talking about in this episode. And my complaint is that at this point in time, my son is almost one year old and he is still exclusively breastfed, showing no signs of stopping anytime soon. And I know for some of y'all that sounds amazing, and I know it is, don't get me wrong, I know. However, do y'all know what it's like to still hold an almost one-year-old in your arms attached to your boob? Because he getting heavy, as all one-year-olds normally do. And it's, it's, it's time. Mom is ready to cut the ties, but apparently Zadie is not. But that also ties into my highlight of the week. My highlight of the week is that I have actually, well, let me not just say I, we as in me and Zadie have actually almost hit our one year breastfeeding anniversary, which obviously is his birthday. But we're less than 30 days out from his first birthday, which means that I have been a cow for 365 days. Right. And we're moving right along into our Fendi Fact of the Day. Today's Fendi Fact comes from a public health article published by NPR. Did you guys know that only 66% of black infants are breastfed compared to more than 82% of white and Latina moms. Ouch. Yeah. I didn't know that the number was that big of a difference. I didn't know there was that big of a difference. Why do you guys think that is? That other races breastfeed more than apparently African Americans? I can't speak for the entire African-American women population. But I'm going to tell y'all why I think that that Fendi fact is the way that it is. Because it is hard, okay? Breastfeeding is hard. It needs to be a damn Olympic sport. Moms need a gold medal for even trying. And then if you try and you succeed, huh? you need to be... In the Book of World Records, because it is so, so, so much harder. 
than people make it seem, than people want to tell you. And let's be honest, black women in this world have a lot on their plate. We got to go to work, get the bag. We got to take care of the house. We got to take care of the kids. Like, And breastfeeding is a full-time job all on its own. Like being a stay-at-home mom is a job, being a mom is a job, but breastfeeding is a whole completely other occupation. And I think that's why a lot of black women either give up very easily or don't even try. A lot of us think that it's hard, or not that we think that it's hard. A lot of us honestly don't even know how to breastfeed. I can't speak for y'all, but I'm the first person in my immediate family to breastfeed, let alone exclusively breastfeed. So I had no idea what I was getting myself into, obviously, while we're almost a year into it. And I don't know how to stop. So, yeah. I guess I'll start with what brought me to my decision to breastfeed. Honestly, I always knew I wanted to. Malik always told me he wanted me to at least try And I was willing to try. I'm always down to try, challenge myself. But then I started becoming, you know, a Virgo and doing my research. And I found a lot of supportive uh, Facebook groups, actually, for black women that are breastfeeding, women that are exclusively pumping. Like, I just wanted all options because I did find out in my research that a lot of women can't actually exclusively breastfeed for whatever reason. But I just wanted to prepare myself like, okay, if he doesn't take it from the boob, at least let me figure out how to pump. So those Facebook groups were like my first real information. A lot of them have like these units and a lot of them are ran by actual certified lactation consultants that take their time and upload the information that they learn in their courses and that they teach to their clients. They upload that information to those Facebook groups for free. And I literally spend majority majority of my pregnancy just reading, 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 and understanding and preparing myself, or at least I thought I was preparing myself for the journey that was to come. Y'all hear that J word, right? Because they don't call it a breastfeeding journey for nothing. If you listen to episode one, you remember what did I say about the word journey? Anything that got that word at the end is going to run you through the ringer, point blank, period. And that is exactly what breastfeeding did to me. Ran me through the ringer, okay? So last week, I talked about my birthing story. And if you guys haven't listened to that episode, you might want to pause this one, go back to that one, just so you could get a little bit of the backstory before we start here, because I'm going to pick up today literally right the day after, the day I gave birth, honestly. So after I gave birth and I came to it from passing out, I assume, from whatever drugs they gave me for my C-section, and I realized it was just me and Xavier in the room, and I didn't know what to do. And he was still sleeping, so I just kind of left him until he woke up, and then he woke up, and I was like, okay, well, you know, Tyann, we're by the boobs, time to get this show on the road, you prepared yourself. But he wouldn't latch. But I did read in my research that a lot of babies don't latch right away in the first 24 hours because they're still pretty full from being in your belly. And in my case, I had low amniotic fluid, which is why I was admitted to the hospital and induced. And Xavier actually ingested some of that amniotic fluid. 
So his belly was just really full. He wasn't hungry. I wasn't worried about it until later on that night came and he still was not trying to latch on to my boob. I tried all the different positions. I tried everything and he just would not latch. So eventually I asked the nurse for a nipple shield because I learned that those could be a temporary fix and a nipple shield is meant in no way, shape, or form to be a permanent fix. It's literally just a band-aid until you could correct the latch problem. So I asked the Italian nurse for a nipple shield. She was super hesitant to give me one, but she gave me one. And when I tried to use the nipple shield, it worked. And for those of you that don't know what a nipple shield is, picture literally the nipple of a bottle. Just the nipple from the bottle. And imagine you put that over your boob. That's exactly what a nipple shield is. It's literally just looks like a bottle nipple that you suction onto your boob. And it just makes latching on for the baby a lot easier because it's like latching onto a bottle. So when I used that, it worked. He was latching. I could see the milk like pooling in the nipple shield. So I was like, okay, cool. And honestly, when you first give birth, you actually, your mature milk hasn't even come in yet. You're still producing colostrum, which is like really thick yellow kind of stuff. It's not as fluid as milk. It's not your regular breast milk that you guys are picturing. That doesn't come in for about two or three days. So he was getting the colostrum and everything was fine. But after being weighed and stuff, the doctor uh, was a little concerned that he wasn't eating, which I kind of figured. So the Italian doctors offered to give me formula for him until quote-unquote, my milk came in. Mind you guys, remember I told you, you always have milk. You start producing colostrum when you're pregnant. That's why some women leak while they're pregnant, but you always have milk. It's just you don't have the mature, loose-flowing milk that we think of when we think of breast milk. We actually have the thick colostrum. So when she offered me the formula bottle, I already knew from my research that doctors are going to do that, but don't let that you know, don't let that persuade you not to breastfeed. So I said, okay. And I gave him the formula bottle late that first night. So this is still, I gave birth at 3 a.m. This is now later that same night. And I gave him the bottle, the formula bottle. And in my head, I was like, Tyann, no. Breastfeeding felt at that moment like the only part of my birthing plan that I still had some kind of control over and I was not going to count it out until I tried everything in my power. So I remember pushing the nurse's button, calling for the nurse and asking her for a syringe because I learned in a lot of those Facebook groups that I was telling you about that it don't matter how your baby take the milk. As long as they get the milk and as long as you get the milk pulling out and pumping because you need to move milk in order to make milk. So if you don't move that milk out, your body's not going to know to make more milk in its place. So I needed to get the milk out and I needed to get it flowing so that I could create more milk and my, my mature milk could come in. So I asked the doctor for a syringe. And y'all, in the middle of the night, in the hospital room, while Xavier is knocked out, literally haven't even been a mom for 24 hours yet, and I am literally hand expressing, for those of you that don't know what hand expressing means, I'm literally just squeezing my boob, like literally milking myself, the way someone would milk a cow, literally milking myself, but remember I told you guys that mature milk doesn't come in right away, so I am actually hand expressing colostrum, 
which is which is extremely hard to do because it's so thick. So I am literally squeezing my boob for dear life just to get like two or three drops of colostrum. But colostrum is so thick and rich in nutrients and vitamins that a couple of drops is honestly all that he would have needed anyway to get the vitamins and the sources that he needed from it. So I literally put the syringe up to my nipple and was literally squeezing drops and sucking it up with the syringe and squeezing drops and sucking it up with the syringe. And the very first time I did it, for both boobs, y'all, I barely, when I say barely got anything into that syringe, it it was barely. But eventually, uh, Xavier woke up and I literally just fed him the syringe with the two or three drops of breast milk. And I told myself, every two hours, I need to be doing that because I need to be moving this milk so that I can make milk. And the Italian doctors told me that I pretty much, like I had a certain amount of time before they had to come back with a formula bottle. So I said, okay. And every two hours, y'all, I was literally squeezing and syringing, squeezing and syringing. I literally milked myself dry that whole next day, the next full day of me being a mom. Every two hours, I was literally using the syringe. Mind you, I was still using the nipple shield and latching Xavion, but in between that, I was squeezing, hand expressing, and sucking it up with the syringe to the point where every time I did it, every two hours, I was filling up the syringe more and more and more. And I'm so glad I actually took pictures from the very first time I did it to the next time I did it, and you can just see the syringe filling up. I was getting more and more colostrum every time, and I was actually starting to watch the color of it change from like this yellow color that they said it would be, and it started turning into this milky white. Like I, I actually saw my milk starting to change because I literally was doing this every two hours. To the point where by the end of that second, technically, full day, I was asking the the nurses for the breast pump, the electric breast pump, because I had filled the syringe up by the end of the day. Still latching Xavion in, in between time. But when they brought me the breast pump, y'all, your girl was pumping ounces, okay? Ounces of milk. And I was so proud of myself. Like, damn, girl. Because y'all, the squeezing that thick colostrum out your boob is hard like it's not milk is you don't just squeeze and it come shooting out like you have to squeeze and pull like literally like you are milking a cow and it's so thick that I couldn't even waste a drop I had to literally make sure I caught every single drop in this little teeny syringe mind y'all Malik is not there I told y'all how the nurses were treating me last week so nobody is helping me I'm literally on YouTube and in my Facebook group as I'm in the hospital recovering from my C-section, asking questions in the Facebook group. And girls are answering, giving me the information I need, giving me the courage that I need to keep going. And I took that and I ran with it. Because at the end of that second day, y'all, I was literally producing enough milk. So I was literally pumping milk into bottles and I was giving it to Zavi. That is how he started feeding. So I only ever had to give him that one formula bottle from that very, very first night. But by the second full day, like 24 hours after that, it was strictly breast milk from then on. And he was taking it out of the bottle because we still had latch problems. I was still using the nipple shield. Remember guys, I gave birth in the height of the pandemic. So I figured that I would go speak to a lactation consultant on base because obviously they speak English and I would just have her help me correct the latch. But obviously 
the pandemic stopped that from happening. Happening, So all appointments were like virtual. So I'm like in the hospital texting this lactation consultant. She's sending me videos about different positions to, to hold him in and different techniques. And I am not going to lie, y'all. Those videos were very detailed, very in-depth. And I will always share those videos anytime I see a mom struggling with breastfeeding because they were so helpful. And some of the videos that the lactation consultant actually sent me, I had already watched because they were linked in those Facebook groups that I was telling you about. I will die on the hill that those Facebook groups are the reason that I was able to successfully continue my breastfeeding journey because it's honestly all about knowledge and information. It's all about what you know and it's about what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know, you know? I didn't do that on purpose, but y'all get what I'm saying. So it was literally like by the time that second day was done, Xavier was pumped, was fully on breast milk. And then it was time to get discharged. And I ain't gonna lie, y'all, I stole the nipple shield from the hospital. They told me to give it back. And I was just like, mm, that's unsanitary. I'm not giving that back. And I need this because what I'm gonna, what am I gonna do when I get home? He's not latching and right. And y'all pumping milk with a electric pump, it like they're for those of y'all that don't know, they're the same. Like nobody empties you like your baby. And that is so true. Pumping, you do not feel relieved at the end. Like you feel like, okay, um, I can manage, I can finish what I was doing, but a pump does not empty your boobs the way your baby does. Your baby is going to literally leave you damn near bone dry and you're gonna feel like a million bucks after you pump you still be like damn like I feel like I only got like an hour and it's crazy how once you start breastfeeding you could tell like mm, all right no I need to feel the feed the baby like right right now like my boobs hurt they're hard or you'd be like mm, you feel them a little bit and then you'd be like oh okay I got like an hour and it's so crazy it's like you could literally tell what time it is just by feeling your boobs and by the time I came home he was still in the nipple shield and I had no idea how to get him off, so I was, and it was, you know, in my opinion, if it's not broke, don't fix it. He was getting the breast milk, which is what me and Malik wanted, and yeah, my nipples weren't hard or cracked from breastfeeding, so I was like, it's a win-win. I'm gonna just keep him on the nipple shield, and I told myself I'm gonna keep him on the nipple shield because it'll be easier for him to get on bottles. But that nipple shield became so inconvenient when we went in public because I told y'all, like the milk would pool in the top of it. So there was like a space between my actual nipple versus the part that he put in his mouth. And that space would fill with milk when he would suck because it would literally filter through there. But then when he was done, that little space would just be full of milk. So every time I took it off, a bunch of milk would come spilling out. Think of it almost like, like those menstrual cups women wear, like it was, it just filled up like that. And anytime I took it off, the milk just came spilling everywhere. And in the house, I very cool. I could clean up. I could go jump in the shower. But when we were out in public, it was trying to breastfeed him under those scarves, which he hated, by the way. And if you're one of those people that think that breastfeeding moms need to cover up, you obviously have never tried to breastfeed a baby underneath a scarf. And you should before you die on that hill. But that's a side rant. It was just too hard, y'all, to do in public. So one day I was in the house and I was just like, you know what? No. We're going to stop using this nipple shield. And I want to actually feel the connection of my baby being latched onto my nipple. Be careful what you wish for, y'all. 
because one day I just stopped using the nipple shield and I just took my time and I was patient with him and I got him off the nipple shield at the time he was probably like two or three weeks old and I was able to just get him off of it in one day and he was strictly straight mouth to boob after that and let me tell you it was probably the most exciting day but I didn't know what it would turn into because ever since that day, Xavion has literally only taken the boob. I have spent money on all different types of bottles, all different types of sippy cups, and he will not take it. He will not drink my milk out of nothing that is not my boob. Right. That is why my complaint for this week was the fact that he won't stop. I don't know how to stop breastfeeding. I thought starting and continuing was going to be the hardest part. Here we are, OGs, almost a year in the game, and I don't know how to stop, and I need help. And it's hard to stop, honestly, because COVID got in the way. I had always planned to feed him from my boobs and a bottle so I could get a break. But when you are your, your child's sole source of nutrition, y'all, in the almost year that he has been alive, granted, COVID has something to do with this, but... I have never been away from him for more than two hours because I can't because after two hours, I have to go home and feed him. And after two hours, my boobs are full and I need to go home. I'm not having fun no more. I need to go home and feed my baby because I'm uncomfortable. My boobs feel like rocks. They're underneath my chin and I just need to go home and feel relieved. So in a year, I have never spent more than two hours away from him. And that takes a toll on your mental. So I know there are people that are always like, Oh, you know, women that breastfeed think they're so much better than women that formula feed. No, not really. It's honestly one of those you think the grass is greener on the other side, but it's not. Because for real, for real, I kind of envy formula-fed babies and their moms. Because their moms have the freedom to just drop them off with anybody that they want and go about their day. I don't have that luxury. Women that exclusively breastfeed don't have that luxury. I can, I got to make, whatever I'm trying to do, I got to make it shake in two hours. Because that's my time. I got a time limit on everything that I do. And I know COVID played a part in that because we were just stuck in the house. So what was the point of me pumping into a bottle to make more dishes for myself to wash? Because obviously I'm the one washing the dishes. Why am I making all that mess when I could just whip out a boot? You know? And that's how I thought about it, but... Low-key, I didn't know I was creating a monster. Like, my child don't play about milkies, okay? He want the boob. He want only the boob. If it's not the boob, get it out of his face. If it's not the boob or food, which brings me to why I decided to try baby-led weaning, which is really just a fancy way of saying you skip the purees and the baby food. Because apparently a lot of baby food, a lot of breastfed babies don't like baby food, and Xavion was one of them. That Gerber's stuff, like, he was not feeling it. It didn't have no flavor, no taste. Mind you, my breast milk tastes like whatever I'm eating. And y'all, I was eating me some curry, some jerk. Like, my breast milk had some sauce some flavor. You feel me? So when he was eating the Gerber stuff, he was like, mm, my, what is this? He was not with the processed food. So we actually skipped that altogether and just started slowly introducing table food. And that idea is called baby-led weaning, when you kind of just introduce your baby to table food little by little, and slowly you start to increase the amount of table food you give them and decrease the amount of breast milk you give them. 
that was my plan. That was my goal. However, again, COVID kept us locked in the house. So it is damn near impossible to wean a baby off of your boob when they are looking at you all day long. Y'all know, y'all hear me complain. I be in the house, I be inside, and he be inside attached to my hip. So it's hard for me to tell him no when he asks for milk when I'm sitting right here because he's going to look at me like, what do you mean no? And then I got to listen to the screaming. And it's just, it's easier to wean a breastfed baby off when you have help, when you have distractions. You're supposed to distract them. Anytime they ask for it, give them something else. Okay, but that's only going to go so far in the house. is only but so much toys I can offer him. Eventually, he's going to be like, yo, stop playing with me. Ma, where is the titty? But imagine if I was able to go out and I was able to actually like leave him with somebody for three hours, you know, and slowly start staying away from him longer and longer. You know, it's literally, it's it's something mental. Because when I'm not around, he don't, be, he don't be checking for me. He don't be worried about me. So it's literally one of those out of sight, out of mind kind of things. And I literally have been having the hardest time weaning him off because he's never away from me. So I'm never out of his sight. So therefore, he, my titties are never out of his sight. So therefore, he always wants a titty. And it's gone to the point where I literally cannot wear tank tops. It's starting to get warm. And I got to walk around the house in a shirt because if he see the titties, he want the titties. Malik got to walk around with the shirt because if he see the nipple, he want the nipple. And these are things that nobody told me about breastfed babies. I be catching my baby sucking on the corner of my couch pillows like y'all know the square couch pillows how the corner make a point he be flicking it and sucking on it like it's a titty because he think everything is a nipple and i don't know how to stop that and why y'all why didn't anybody warn me that this is what came for breastfeeding a baby it's just it's ridiculous so here we are almost a year in we had one formula bottle and maybe bottles for the first five days while we were in the hospital then we started using a nipple shield. Then we successfully got off the nipple shields, and boom. It's been straight boob, no bottles ever since. And we don't really know how to stop. Granted, he don't want to stop, but mommy is tired. Okay, y'all? Breastfeeding takes energy, and I don't got it no more. My child be wanting to do acrobats and gymnastics while he be attached to me, and mommy shark is just not with it no more, and I'm ready to stop. But these is all just things that I wish somebody would have told me when I started my breastfeeding journey because I would have been even more prepared. I didn't know that my child would be literally so attached to me. And it's like it's a beautiful bond. It is. But it's also so exhausting to be the only one that he wants all the time, especially when I don't leave his sight. So he just want me all the time. He just see me all the time and we're together all the time like I don't care what y'all say nobody is supposed to spend this much time with their baby and I love my baby more than anything else in this world God could give me but y'all I need a break and I think it's okay for me to say that and I don't think I need to get judged for saying it because me and my husband were doing this shit by ourselves with the help of my friends and it takes a village to raise a child and we are 4,000 miles away from my village. And I'm just ready to get back to the States because I'm ready to stop breastfeeding. And I'm ready to be outside. <laughs> Frankly put, but it is what it is. What I expected was a beautiful bond and to be able to 
breastfeed whenever I wanted and to be able to get time away from my kid. And what I got was a leech. Okay, a leech that thinks I'm a cow. That is what I got and that is what I'm stuck with until we can figure out how to be done. And with that being said, that brings me to our word of the week. And this week's word is resilience. Because that's what it took for me to literally even begin my breastfeeding journey. I had to have resilience to know that I could do this. Because in that hospital, I could have easily given up. And I'm not judging women that do give up. Because y'all, this shit is hard. This shit hurts. Being engorged is not fun. Feels like you got rocks on your chest. You just be walking around leaking. The sheets just be smelling like milk. You got to take 50 million showers a day. And... That's the part nobody wants to tell you. Everybody just tells you to breastfeed. Oh, my God, it's so beautiful. It's so natural. But, y'all, okay, pack it up. If we're going to give the pros, let's make sure we give the cons, too. But I was resilient, and I hope that any future moms listening or anybody that wants to breastfeed in the future know that it is going to take resilience in order for you to get through it. And once you get through it, you're in it. And once you're in it, just do it, because you're doing it already, right? So, I want y'all to be resilient. I want y'all to remind others around you to be resilient, because everybody can use some resilience in this world. That's what it's going to take for us to come out on top. That's what it took for me, and I'm pretty sure that's what it'll take for you guys. And on that note, if you made it this far, thank you for just rocking with me, kicking with me, chopping it up with me, all of that. I appreciate each and every one of y'all. The love, the support, it never goes unnoticed or unappreciated. And if you want to join the conversation in real time and share your personal thoughts and opinions, make sure you follow me on Instagram at the.melanatedmindset. That's where I'm going to be posting all the polls, the questions, the conversation starters, all of that. That's also going to be where you'll get to hear sneak peeks and previews into the episodes to come. It's going to be one hell of a ride. I hope y'all are ready. Until then, I'll see y'all same time, same place next week for hashtag Melanated Monday. And remember, the goal is to be good and do good. Until then, peace, y'all.